0: All hail the power of Jesus' name, let angels prostrate fall, and bring forth the royal diadem and crown him, Lord of all, bring forth the royal diadem and crown him, Lord of all, let every tongue and every tongue respond to every tongue you're test and I'm just gonna let you guys know right now. There's some weird stuff going on with the audio so if it sounds uh, distorted, let us know if it's too quiet uh, let us know. but anyway other than that I'm Ray Ray and I am Dave and like you uh, just said, uh, I think we're on episode, episode 99. 99.
1: Yeah, we lost count for a while and now we've recounted and we're we're back we've, we've got the number which yeah. means next week.
0: Yes, is a 100th 100. episode, and we'll get the uh, flyer made for that. But anyway, uh, what we're thinking is a 100th episode meme theology bash. Yeah, so, yeah. I think it'll be a really good idea. Yeah, so <laughs> what we want you guys to do is uh, email us at tagyouritpod at gmail.com. You can also comment uh, through Messenger or Facebook, just however, give us your favorite memes that you want us to destroy or agree with.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, I think that's good. We generally don't spend a lot of time yeah. agreeing with memes, but uh, maybe we need to do a little bit of yeah. job of being like, hey, here's yeah. a meme, this is why it's theologically guess, good, and you should share yeah.
0: it. Yeah, that's yeah, I guess yeah, we need to actually talk about the alternative. Um,
1: <laughs> we you spend first? a lot of time yeah. breaking them down, but not a yeah. lot of time building them up. But there are good memes, so we should yeah. celebrate them. And... We will not only do a meme bash for episode 100 with your help, we would also like to be able to interact with you. So it will be an open line. And here is my challenge. Get your atheist friend or atheist concerned person or your agnostic friend and bring them on the episode and allow us to dialogue with them. Uh, we will not yeah. be mean. We will not be negative. We won't be hurtful, but we will do the very best we can to try to answer their questions and deal with their concerns. So yeah, it might be really challenging, but we're going to do the very best we can. And hopefully we can help you as you pour into their per- into that person's life. Or if you just have a friend who has some real serious theological questions,
0: Tell them at six o'clock they can call in and talk to live apologists. So yeah. that'll be what we'll be doing. Should be a good deal. It will be fun. So, yeah, so yeah, mark your calendar next week, Monday, six o'clock, 100th episode, Meme Theology, Bash, and Open Phones. Um, the next thing on the list, uh, we got a couple of debates. Yes. You do see so we already it. had the one, and yes. now we've got two more left for That's the right. year.
1: That's right. Two more left in the year. So the first one we want to talk about is September 30th. That'll be the debate between Adam and Brandon Mullins on the proposition, Resolve is Freemasonry consistent with Christianity. And mm-hmm. uh, just to provide a little bit of context for that, within Southern Baptist Life, Masonry has been a big issue. It kind of died down about almost 30 years ago, but in the early 1990s, it was a major deal. The Southern Baptist Convention did put forward a resolution. I think Adam and I both agree that it was a pretty teethless and pretty gutless resolution. Mm -hmm. And it's something that, in fact, we've even talked today about putting forward a real resolution that actually has some weight to it Mm -hmm. and actually makes some theological claims. And even seeing that forward all the way down to Orlando, which would be really fun, and it'd be way cool to get to do that. But um, this debate is important because there are a lot of Southern Baptists who are Freemasons and individuals who think that those two can coexist. Uh, Adam obviously Mm -hmm. doesn't believe that they can. I do not believe that they can either. And we did do a poll, and we had 320-some-odd folks who agreed that uh, Freemasonry was not consistent with Christianity.
0: Yeah, with, a, you know, there's a lot, there's a few like in the 30s of I don't know's, uh, and I don't know the final count that said. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm yes. sorry I didn't write down all the yeah, numbers. Pretty, I should anyway, know. it was a overwhelming majority um, that uh, their opinion would be that it's not. Um, so we've got, we got that debate coming up on the 30th. Um, that'll be live on the podcast, and we got another debate. Uh, it's to be determined if it's on the podcast or if we'll have it as like a seated live debate. But anyway, this one is between Dave. And a guy named Phil Kalberg. Yeah, that's how I see his name. He is a
1: podcaster. He has an episode called um, "The Reasoned Life." Or excuse me. Oh gosh, I feel bad. Sorry, Phil, if you're listening to this. I have listened to some of your episodes and for some reason off the top of my head, it's just not, um, it's just not right there at the tip of my tongue, but I will make sure that I have your podcast, mm-hmm. right? We are excited to get to deal with Phil. Uh, it'll be me. We're going to debate inerrancy is best understood as a scale or range of concepts, mm-hmm. um, Phil will take the affirmative on that. I will actually negate that. I believe that inerrancy is best defined not as a uh, not as a moving target, but as a very stationary piece. And I think it's really important that evangelicals deal with the doctrine of inerrancy. As Southern Baptists specifically, we've stated in the Baptist Faith and Message 2000 that we wholeheartedly affirm inerrancy. And it's an important thing that we recognize there is a definitive understanding of inerrancy, And it is really well described in the 1978 Chicago Statement of Biblical Inerrancy. And that brings us to the final little part here that we are going to talk about today. Another nice little book giveaway. We were excited for our winners. That was last week, or was that two weeks ago? It was two oh, weeks ago. Man, I we can't.
0: announced our man, book. Time yeah. is going by. I turned another year old. It was, it was old two weeks ago. Mind yeah, my really... Uh, Happy birthday. Yeah, 36. Woo-hoo. Man, we're, we're not, not the same age anymore. Yeah. You, well, you got to we'll hear We'll meet again. <laughs> so, right. yeah, so we got this uh, another book. So we did a uh, few giveaways. We're doing one giveaway out of time now. Um, these, we got these these three books by Joe Thorne. Um, if I were to start a church, these are three books that I would probably study through new members um, and revitalizing old members underneath. So we got that. And then also the Word Snatcher book written by Dave, which I had the opportunity to forward. That's right. we well, did an excellent uh, so, job. So yeah, this is a total package. Um, so go to our Facebook timeline and um, follow the directions. If you don't, if, like, we need them all done. That would be much help as far as, um, you know, liking us and all that kind of stuff, uh, tagging a friend so that we can um, get tagged. This is like, we're not asking for money. We're just asking for help us uh, get this ministry out, get this word, this resource out as we do the debates we do, as we talk about the subjects we talk about to champion, like, the presuppositional apologetic method. I mean, you're not just uh, supporting this. Uh, entity um, that we yeah, created yeah. you're supporting the gospel um and the reformation that has been needed in apologetics and all that stuff so if you could do that please and we would like to end up returning the favor to some lucky um well providential person because the co- <laughs> the lot is cast into the lap but the decision is holy of the lord so amen basically amen. does god want you to have these books uh, and here's the thing, yeah. just want
1: to encourage you, like if the podcast has been a blessing to you, invite friends to like the page, share the podcast with others. It is important that we work together because, again, I just think podcaster promotes what we do they're a partner with us in ministry and a partner with us in the gospel mm-hmm. we are always wanting to deal with questions that you have or show topics that you have and so we want to challenge you and encourage you you know send us an article send us a meme but specifically next week send us your favorite memes or least favorite memes and let us deal yes. with them so um, today we've got a hodgepodge of topics it kind of reminds me so when we first began the podcast we were unpacking the debate, and then it was like, what are we going to do next? And so that was when we brought in Adam Kyle. I think he was on the fourth program. Does that sound about right? Yeah, with Unity. And then shortly after that, we began to try to deal with worldview topics. So popular articles that we would see shared on Facebook or different articles we'd see talked about and discussed in the media, we wanted to try to deal with those and critique them from a Christian worldview because a Christian worldview is constantly looking at the world around it and it is trying to not only demonstrate evidence of God's goodness, God's uh, grace given generally, his general grace that he spells out to everyone, but also to evidence the fact that there are creatures who are suppressed the knowledge of the truth and so mm-hmm. that's why we deal with memes that's why we deal with articles that's why we deal with videos and that's the
0: exact mm-hmm. order that we're gonna go through today yeah so we got memes and uh, I mean it's it's pretty uh, so far our title tonight it'll change uh, for the podcast but anyway we've got memes we've got an article and we've got a video to deal with so first I guess we will deal with the memes so this is a little preview again of what will go down hopefully during the whole show unless if you bring uh, you know one of your friends or if you yourself have questions questions if you want to call us. Uh, we'll just basically sit around and do memes next week. So let's uh, get started with tonight's episode. And here's a meme um, that I saw that was shared on Facebook. Um, I mean, just think about the climate right now. Um, we've got the like transgenderism isn't going away. It gets repackaged and repackaged. The latest repackaging to me is what I've seen in the uh, Democratic debates yeah. um, where you had Castro saying that, all, that uh, abortion rights should be offered to men men and women um, should be equal when it comes to abortion rights and so like we've got this very very just absurd this absurdity being praised by people by the people that call us crazy for believing in this magic fairy guy in the sky right you know so we're seeing the antithetical world views colliding at all times the non neutrality of the issues and so um, again that comes in with an influx of people sharing memes um, that are probably not going to be very actually apologetical at all.
1: Yeah, and no, no, I. I Sorry, I cut you off there. Sometimes I do a really bad job of waiting for you to stop. So the thing that always just blows my mind about this is for those who are pure secularist and those who are pure naturalist, this is an absolute rejection of their fundamental principles. But they're living in that absurdity. Why would I say that? Because if the ultimate standard for us is what the chemistry in our body tells us there's a chemistry code right Uh that determines whether you are male or female so it doesn't matter what you feel like there's a pre-written chemistry code that should tell you how you are and yet that is being rejected by the same people who are actually propagating that and so, just uh, from a very purely um, pointing out the contradiction position,
0: that's one thing we would say. So go ahead and and, and, and jump us into this meme. Sorry. Yeah, so, so uh, the uh, the meme is a picture of Adam and Eve in the garden. Um, it said, God, and it also it says, God created Adam and Eve. Satan created all the other genders. Now, on face value, you might, if you just are not going to do any deep understanding, if you're not going to look at this meme and go, is that true? Um, you're going to share it because it sounds right. You know, well, again, um, they're basing their gender off feeling. It That's feels right. right. It sounds right. Right. Why then put a meme out there without thinking about it and being a Christian and searching the scriptures before you speak? Being Again, being quick to listen, be quick to study, and slow to meme, as we talked about in our meme episode. <laughs> like right? So we'll, we'll bring that back into it. But um, we need to really think about this. How is this uh, really being an apologetic um, whenever we are trying to, because we are utilizing this phenomenon of coach culture to speak um, truth into this. And so this is saying that Satan created all the other genders that, Adam, that God created Adam and Eve. Um, you know, when I saw this, I'm like, that is not... Um, a very, very... That's not making the statement it should. No, it, it does a few things to me. Number one,
1: I think that it is actually really harsh to those who actually are dealing with transgender issues, this becomes cannon fodder for them to say, look at the hateful, incredibly terrible people, and look, they're so dumb too, they believe in Adam and Eve. So what this does is it presents a real weakness in my mind from a Christian position when you share this, write this, or put it forward. Number one, it also says something that I think is actually exceptionally hateful and wrong. Uh, Number one, we recognize that God did create male and female. Mm -hmm. It is sin, and man... As responsible for the sin with which they submit to, with which they choose to suppress the truth and unrighteousness in. I would tell you, ultimately, those who deal with transgenderism have given over themselves to their own minds. They've Mm -hmm. made them selves, God. They've said, no, God can't create me just because I want to be the way that I want to be, I have rejected what God has said, and I've rejected what God has given me. And therefore that this meme simply pushes the pushes the blame over on Satan, which is not an acceptable position at all in scripture. And all you have to do is go back to Genesis. Even though Satan was the one who tempted Eve And even though Satan brought about the temptation that, of course, led to the fall of man in Adam, God doesn't say, yeah, Satan did that. Actually, God holds man responsible yeah. and so what you do is you diminish the responsibility on the individual who is struggling with or has given over themselves to transgenderism and that's not a Christian position at all in yeah. fact what we need to say is you are stuck in sin because you have been given over to it you've given yourself over to it God's given you what you wanted and therefore you are going to be the one who is responsible before God on judgment day and yeah. this just completely makes us very simplistic and it's
0: real poor argumentation if you ask me and I mean whenever you think about it you know Eve tried to blame Satan she said Satan made me do it pretty much to God um did that cut it so you know did Satan create all these genders you know all Satan did to Eve was to be like all he had to do was make you question the validity of God's word and so in that case no Satan didn't create all the genders we did. That's right. Because he said, "Did God really say? Did God really? Does it really mean something? Does God's word mean something when it says male, female?" Um, you know, we've we, no, no, no. God has handed us over to our autonomousness and our desires, like you said. And it's, it's Romans. It's Romans again. We constantly on the show deal with Romans one eighteen through thirty two, which says, "For this reason, God delivered them over to disgraceful passions. Their women exchanged natural relations." For a national natural one, men in the same way also left uh, natural relations with women and were inflamed with their lust for one another. men committed shameless acts with men and received in their own persons the appropriate penalty of their error. So God hands people over. This is called judgment. So if you're going to, as a Christian, blame all this stuff on Satan, what you're doing is you're diminishing the judgment that you need to worry about because you are going to be affected by this judgment and you're going to have to suffer through it, also proclaiming the gospel and suffering for righteousness' sake to it. So you can't just pawn this off on Satan. This is us. And so then we get into the stuff like Resolution 9 and all this kind of stuff. This affects everything.
1: And to me, a meme like this presents a Christianity. uh, To me, you give cannon fodder for Mm -hmm. saying that Christianity is hateful when you present a meme like this. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Number one, you make Satan into something that scripture doesn't call him, right? Mm -hmm. So when we make Satan into a caricature, we devalue the wrath that God has saved us from and the reality that is the evil forces that war against us. And so Mm -hmm. I would tell you a meme like this is
0: extremely hazardous and extremely problematic. Yep. So, with that said, we're going to go to number two, because we got oh, yeah. a lot of stuff to get tonight. I know. Hey, man, it's going to be good. And uh, Dave uh, found this one, so we'll look at this one. It's a church sign from the United Methodist Church, and I can't see where it is, but it's a United Methodist Church. And it says, we'd rather see two men holding hands than two men holding guns. So the first thing
1: that I would state is, number one, look, it's on a United Methodist Church. That denomination has fallen apart. They have, they're they're on the midst of breaking up, right? Uh, Again, the briefing has talked about this, other podcasts have talked about this, the United Methodist Church in America has been given and given itself wholly over to liberal theology. And so I would tell you, if you go to United Methodist Church, you better be cautious. You're going to have a crazy pastor who doesn't believe the Bible is true and probably rejects uh, the very verses that would designate sin as uh, being evil and homosexuality being sin. They're going to live in a very universalistic standpoint. And I say that as someone who deals with United Methodist pastors and I'm cautious every time I deal with them because here's the thing. If I run into a United Methodist pastor, I don't know where they are on this scale. Are they someone who's affirming LGBTQ plus lifestyle? Or are they someone who's actually following what Wesley actually taught and the historic doctrines of the United Methodist Church? Mm -hmm. I don't know. See, here's something that's really important. The Southern Baptist Convention is very straightforward. One reason I'm Southern Baptist is because guess what? We believe the Bible is true. We are very serious about the consequences of sin. And we're very serious about the clarity of Scripture. United Methodism undermines that, and that's a pretty serious mm. issue. So that's the first thing that I think when I see this sign. So sorry I didn't yeah. deal with the content of what they said, but yeah. it's it's shameful and it's evil and it's also a category error, a category fallacy because they're again taking two different types of sin and they're mishmashing them together. Yeah.
0: So you know, it's one of those things. If you believe that uh, guns are bad, why don't and I mean, it's one. Of, yeah, you're making that like. How about either you think both are bad or both are good? Well, you because know, so, the same document
1: yeah. that says thou shalt not kill makes it pretty darn clear that one man shall not w- lie with one man as, an, as a man lies with a woman. Yeah, and so... I mean, so, it's actually, in the same yeah. book. <laughs> and then also, whenever
0: you think about it, you, you you actually like seeing two men holding guns because you like police officers protecting you, don't you? The government wields the sword against the evil doer. And Amen. so, again, this is apples and oranges... Because you're trying to be relevant to the culture around you. Because, you know, you cannot call sin, sin. You can't make the differentiation between what the church is and what the government is. You are doctrinally bankrupt. Oh, yeah, completely. When you again say,
1: we'd rather see two men. And here's the problem, too. Ready? They're going to say that sin that causes you to go to hell and homosexuality, unrepentant sin that causes you to go to hell, Mm -hmm. is fine and dandy with us. But if you've got a gun, well, to hell with you. It doesn't matter if you're a regenerate believer who has a gun in his hand. Mm -hmm. You're worse than the homosexual who's living in blatant rebellion. And let me just say, I I always want to deal with this because I don't want to sound like I'm a heartless person. There are individuals who have uh, same-sex attraction that are Christians that don't act upon that. Right? And you say, oh, Dave, you're so mean. Look, look. Uh, We have met, we have dealt with someone in that way. We know that Samson loves the Lord, wants to serve the Lord, and he's dealt with and struggled with this, but he doesn't act upon it. He guards his mind and his heart against it. He lives as a regenerate person. Yeah, and it's
0: not out of any sort of legalism. It's out of love for Jesus, which is scriptural. He calls us to love him and obey his commands out of love, not legalism. And so, yeah, so...
1: And so a sign like this as a church says, oh, go ahead and and sin sexually, that's cool. But the problem is sexual sin leads to the same type of death that someone with a gun does. And in fact, I can tell you, uh, I, I don't have any statistics in front of me, so I don't want to make some outrageous claim. But those who struggle with sexually transmitted diseases and die because of transmitted, sexually transmitted diseases those deaths are just as real as those who are shot with guns mm-hmm. now I, again I don't have the statistics in front of me worldwide but I, I'm sure that more people are killed with guns worldwide but I promise you there are still a great deal of people who die as a result of sexual sins that the United Methodist
0: Church says go for it baby Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we gotta. Whenever we say sexual sins, we're including the sexual sins of the heterosexual That's as right. well. That's right. Yeah. So I mean, there it's lumped together. It's sex, and it's sinning with it. No matter how it manifests itself, um, we would be against the heterosexual couple that would be shacking up together, unmarried. Um, enjoying the covenant benefits of a covenant relationship without covenanting. That's simply as that. So anyway, you know, if anybody wants to get mad about that, you know, Please uh, have at us. Uh, bring yeah, tell to us here. how terrible yeah. we are. Yeah, yeah. Love bring to it know. to the show next I mean. week, and we'd love to talk about it. So, yeah, anyway, um, we'll move on uh, to yeah. the article that uh, Dave also brought in. Yeah, tonight's sort of a, we didn't have this tonight. This planned tonight, and so we're kind of putting some stuff that we've seen go on throughout the week, and that's the beauty of this informal podcast, is we can kind of get together and uh, just discuss Uh, what we're seeing. So what did you see, Dave? Yeah, so
1: um, the article that I think is really important, and I I want to give a little bit of background and mindset as to why we deal with articles. Um, It's really important that as Christians, we don't flee the culture that is oppressing us. We need to dive into, we need to go into spiritual warfare and spiritual battle. And one of the major things that I find again and again is Christians retreating from the battle. The gospel doesn't call us to retreat. It calls us to deal with the worldly issues of the day, to deal with the problems of the day. And so today I'm going to deal with something that I think is exceptionally important. It's an article by Russ Dean. It's in the Baptist News Global, or you could just go to baptistnews.com. Uh, I want to give you just a little piece of background on this gentleman by the name of Russ Dean. He is a pastor at Park Road Baptist Church, and it is in Charlottesville, North Carolina. It is um, a says it is a progressive Southern Baptist church, which is impossible. They can't be a Southern Baptist church because they don't give to cooperative program and the Southern Baptist would not allow them. And you're going to see here really shortly why the Southern Baptist wouldn't allow someone like Russ Dean to be associated with them. Uh, I would tell you this man is evil, and uh, he is not at all a person who propagates or puts forward the gospel in any real way. I call him out as a heretic today because that's what we're called to do. His article is called this, I'm Embarrassed by Christianity. Excuse me, I'm uh, Embarrassed by American Christianity. I'm just not ready to give up on
0: Jesus. Which, I mean, if you saw this title, I would be totally intrigued to watch it too because... You know, again, there's presuppositional differences that you're going to see from whenever I see this title going like, yes, I'm tired of what I claim, what I can define as American Christianity. Yeah. Identity politics and all that kind of stuff that flies around in our congregations where it causes dissension and we don't uh, huddle around the gospel, um, but we want to huddle around in our other circles that we want to identify ourselves with. And so, again, but with this article, you're going to see a completely different worldview that's not the biblical worldview
1: see my problem with the title I mean again I just I was called into the title right and this was shared by again I have a pretty wide group of individuals that I'm friends with on Facebook this was shared by an individual that I'm friends with who uh, is on the theologically liberal side and they share stuff like this all the time and here's where I begin just as a problem right at the beginning when he says American Christianity those people who are living in the United States that are evangelicals even if they are what I would say on the religious li- right in identity type of politics, if that's where they are, people who are like massively uh, what we might call fundamentalist when it comes to their view of church and state and how America is is God's country and they connect uh, again, the United, the American flag with what they do in their church service and they have a whole service dedicated to the uh, American flag and celebrating uh, patriotism. Those folks fund- folks are still evangelicals, right? And those folks are still Christ bride. So whenever I see an an article that begins to denounce people as a group, Christ bride, and says, I'm done with them, I'm embarrassed by them... that should grab your attention. Well, why are you embarrassed by this person? But here's something that's really important. You know, Paul dealt with all kinds of problems in the church. Read the, the book of 1 Corinthians, right? And they still didn't get it right. Read the book of 2 Corinthians. But Paul never said, I'm embarrassed by you as a church. I'm embarrassed by the church at Corinth. No, he called them to a higher standard because he said, Christ died for you. So my first problem with Russ Dean is when he says, well, I'm just not ready to give up on Jesus. He said, I've given up on American evangelicalism. So I hate... Christ bride in the United States, but I still love Jesus.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's impossible. So, yeah, and this goes to show you definitions are important, words have meaning. And all that kind of stuff, because we just showed you two different ways to read this article that can intrigue you. So this is clickbait. Um, so, you know, please read the article as we're getting ready to go through And
1: in this entire article, he doesn't yeah. say that he's... Uh, he, he says essentially that he's embarrassed by Christianity. I mean, yeah. that's what it comes down to. And there's a major problem here. I mean, here's a pastor who's basically giving people a reason to leave the church, mm-hmm. right? There's a problem with that. And Now, if this guy is really a pastor, we are called to correct. We are called to exhort and how do we do that according to god's word according to god's standard in fact if you listen to the podcast for any time that's when we make a state when we make a statement on here we strive to make sure that we are supporting it laying the foundation for it upon god's word and so hey it is good for a pastor to say there's a problem here so let's see if he goes to scripture and gets
0: to the problem. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'll just I'll just read it real quick. It yeah. says it happens more and more these days I'm embarrassed by much of American Christianity. Again, how are you defining yeah. Christianity?
1: Yeah. And notice that the author doesn't give any type of orthodox statement here. He just plainly says Christianity in America at large. I mean, it's really important to understand that he's not trying to speak to a Christian audience here either. That's what's actually ironic. When you read the article, you're going to see he's not trying to speak to a group of Christians, uh, he's not even trying to speak to anyone in my mind who's on the Christian spectrum at all. He's essentially taking a generic or cliche approach to evangelicals and just saying, this is how they are.
0: Yeah. And so he goes on to say, I've spent a lifetime being proud of the word Christian As a child, when other young boys were planning to grow up to be firemen, army men, or professional football players, I was going to be a preacher like my daddy. But too often these days, preachers make me cringe. Two thoughts real quick. Number one, notice that Russ never says...
1: As a child, I was called. I felt a call by the Lord for me to go into ministry and to be a proclaimer of the gospel. No, he throws it out there as some type of a job. Man, a shame. Man, a shame. Uh, John Piper's great book, Brothers, We Are Not Professionals, is an amazing calling to this idea that, look, uh, being a pastor is a calling, it is not some type of a career. This guy is already approaching, he's like, well, this was going to be my career. Notice mm-hmm. that he doesn't say, man, I knew that God had called me at an early age to go and be someone who is working in the ministry. And and notice this too. He's going to tell you in this article that he's ashamed or he cringes because of preachers. Why does he not? Man, let me tell you something. I've listened to preachers and they've caused me to cringe. Why? When they're not preaching the gospel, or they're preaching a false gospel, or they're abusing the text of Scripture, or they're misrepresenting the Christ who I love. I get angry. I don't cringe. I get angry. Why do I do that? Jesus Christ got angry when people misrepresented who God was. Mm -hmm. We have a right to do that. We should have a just anger. and People can say whatever they want. No, we are called to have a righteous defense of the Lord. I mean, goodness sakes, when Paul is in Athens, if you read Acts 17 and you don't Mm -hmm. understand that he's angry, angry?
0: Yeah, he saw all the gods and he saw the one that said unknown god on it and he said, "I recognize your religious people. He's not just sitting there going, ah, oh, guys, no, he's angry that they've included the god that he is going to present through Jesus Christ and he's put them together with other gods." Yes. There so, you know, so he was provoked, it says. He was angry at that. But and notice again, so he's going to tell you too often pe-
1: preachers make me cringe. You know what? Sometimes you should cringe. When someone is teaching something that is not orthodox or something that is heretical or something that is out of bounds of the Christian faith, that should bother you. So if I'm reading this, I'm expecting, oh, he's going to demonstrate serious conflict with Scripture in what is being taught on the majority of evangelical churches.
0: Yeah, and what hey, by, yeah, by to... what standard is he cringing which, yeah. which standard is going to show why is he cringing so he goes on to say uh, I hear anti-education views that are dishearteningly narrow uh, wait a second mm. where
1: in scripture does it say that you're to be angry at anti Anti-educational
0: views. views that are narrow. Wh- what? Where? What are anti? I mean, I'm asking whether it's anti-education that he's talking about. This is going to be a straw man argument if he provides no evidence.
1: Okay. Updates. If again, remember he is, and he's going to even say, and this is going to talk about how he was Southern Baptist, and he did. He's a graduate of Southern Seminary. He should send his diploma back. Uh, and I'm serious about that. I told you that before the yeah. show, right? And you're going to see here in just a minute why I believe that. Uh, If Southern Baptists are so anti educational, why does every Southern Baptist, every Southern Baptist, right, gives to the cooperative program to support higher education? Mm -hmm. We're not anti educational. That is a straw man.
0: Yeah. It's garbage. Yeah. And then he goes on to say, I hear uh, views about women that are shockingly antiquated and reflect distorted interpretations of Scripture. Oh! So he doesn't like distor- distorted interpretations of there Scripture. There you go. And that it's an antiquated thing. Um, you know, there's there's views about women. Well, you know, I do agree that there are views about women that are wrong. Yes. And I can demonstrate from Scripture properly, exegetically, and expositionally mm. What is the wrong view of women, and what is the right view of women? Yeah, and I can tell you right now to say... Okay, go for it. Sorry. Yeah, let's keep on going on. And he says, "Um, And reflect distorted interpretations of Scripture. I hear opinions about homosexuals that sound as if we are still living in the Old Testament. I don't know how many times... I guess you don't watch our podcast, so you haven't told us that we love them, that... There is a mental disorder. There is an ethical disorder um, that uh, the gospel speaks into. So, you know, I I don't see how, you know, that sort of message that's preached by Presbyterians, um, presuppositional apologists, uh, Reformed Baptists, Southern Baptists, or a lot of Southern Baptist churches. I'm going to say that there are probably people preaching the wrong message but you've got to uh, give evidence of that without just you know just making an assertion and, and
1: here's the thing okay mm-hmm.
0: opinions
1: about homosexuals wait one second any pastor who stands behind the pulpit and proclaims God word God's word, where Jesus is very clear in Matthew 19 that God created male and female. And when Paul in First Corinthians chapter 6 makes it exceptionally clear that homosexuality was a sin that people were delivered from, and when Paul in Romans chapter 1 makes it very clear that homosexuality is a real sin, what Russ Dean is doing is saying that they have that God hasn't either spoken clearly or mm-hmm. God was wrong. Or, guess what? God was wrong in Leviticus when he made the moral law, and Jesus was wrong for affirming that.
0: Yeah, which is what we dealt with at the venues. And the so, in other scripture.
1: words, again, God can't mm-hmm. speak clearly and God cannot speak
0: immutably. Yeah, it's an important thing. So, he says, I, um, so yeah, the still living in the Old Testament world or that we ought to be um, I hear evangelistic uh, proclamations that exclude divide tone deaf exclusivism in the pluralistic world I hear support for torture and decenten- detention and deportation of a preemptive war and I wonder where the heart of Jesus is in all of this aggression okay jumping to
1: this first yeah. idea he has now affirmed universalism.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He has now said that Jesus Christ, he has directly said that Jesus Christ is wrong in John 14. He has directly said that God was wrong in Deuteron- Deuteronomy chapter 6 when there is one God. Right, He has made it so that anyone can worship whatever they want and have universal salvation. He has now acted completely outside of Orthodox scripture. Notice he doesn't give you any references to any of these things. And then also this idea of supporting torture and preemptive war Mm -hmm. and that this is something that people are supporting. No, my friend, you have now again created a straw man. Mm -hmm. Every evangelical that I've run into has said, we believe Romans 13. We believe that, that God gives governments authority to, to protect their sovereignty as nations and that there are consequences when someone breaks those laws. So when two, when two people decide that they're going to take their kids and cross the border illegally, in whether it's the southern border or the northern border, guess what? They're going to go to jail. Because that is a crime in the United States. And guess what? They're going to be separated from their kids. Guess what? If I went down and robbed the liquor store today, I would be separated from my wife and
0: kids. Why? Because I broke the law. Yeah. And like as Christians... So if there's any Christians from you know south of the border, they should have it in their scriptures too, right? To go like, I need to make sure to be a good example. I'm trying to flee my government because I'm being oppressed and whatever, but I have to follow their their rules and laws, uh, though fallible, though. Uh, baggy and all that kind of stuff as they are, they, we still have an obligation to suffer for righteousness' sake as Christians. So, yeah,
1: it just yeah. brings me to 2 yeah. Timothy where Paul says so clearly uh, Paul is writing, of course, to, uh, to Timothy and he's talking about how individuals need to be, oh, it's actually uh, find my verse here, 1 Timothy actually. Sorry, but but Paul is writing to Timothy and he's talking about how you need to make sure that you're praying for your leaders and you need to make sure that you're supporting your leaders. Goodness, uh, I'm I'm struggling on my verse here. Please forgive me for that. Uh, it happens every once in a while. I didn't have it prepared and I should have. It's Second Timothy. All right, thank you very much. Yes, that is, is, is good, good, good. And I'm looking here and uh, Second Timothy chapter four two. 2 Timothy chapter two. Thank you very much. Um Oh man, I just you know I That's all right. I should have had that <laughs> yeah. so it There's, happens sometimes. to do to do but we'll get anyways, it. Anyways, as as Paul is writing to Timothy, he says that we need to be praying that those who are in authority would uh, come to salvation. It's exceptionally important that you understand that. That we need to make petitions and prayer for all those in authority, for all types of people. Uh, It is really important that we do that. And Paul is writing that while the government wants to kill him Mm -hmm. and wants to see him dead while he's, again, awaiting trial
0: there in Rome. Man, goodness sakes. And then we're going to see why why does he hold all of this stuff and he's going to show his hand right here is that uh, he says I hear celebration for the wall without the slightest irony that the whole movement of God is to unite us that Jesus showed us that that way by breaking down the wall of hatred that separates us which is what he states is Ephesians 2 14. Oh my Preaches gosh. well doesn't it preaches well within the context that he's writing it doesn't it it's absolutely absurd and wrong and if you want to go back and listen to last week's episode, exactly. as I went through uh, the, the doctrine of the church, which goes down into, if we're going to do community groups, what they should look like within the bounds of Scripture. Um, you can go back and we I went through this. The fact is that the mystery that was revealed that Paul was preaching to the church was the dividing wall of hostility between God's people who were Jews and Gentiles, that Jesus was bringing those together. There's still a distinction to be made between those who are God's adopted sons and the world. Ecclesia, the church, means called out from and to. There is a distinction to be made. The The word saints is the word holy in context of the personal p- person being called holy is a saint. You've got to get to proper exegesis. I never went to college. All I can do is read. And I have a love for scripture so much that I care. And this is blatant horrible exegesis of Scripture and exposition of Scripture only for your own identity politics.
1: And here's the thing. If you've read Ephesians chapter 2 again, it is talking about the wall of dividing line is sin. The problem is with Mr. Dean that he has already said, We get to define sin. I can define what sin is. But if you go to their church, you can see on their website the blatant mess up they have concerning theology. They don't believe the Bible is God's word. They might give lip service to it or tip their hat to it, but they don't believe that. If they believe that God's word could actually speak, they would clearly call out sin. And here he does something that, again, he should be ashamed of. He should go back and look at his notes from hermeneutics when he was at Southern Seminary because when he says that Jesus Christ didn't come to divide he also forgot what Jesus said in Luke chapter 12 verses uh, 49 to 53 I came to cast fire on the earth that and that And would that it were already kindled. I have a baptism to be baptized with, and how great is my distress until it is accomplished. Do you think that I have come to give peace on earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. From now on... In one house, there will be five divided, three against two, two against three. They will be divided father against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother, mother-in-law against daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. Jesus is really clear. Truth divides. So for him to make some, again, catch-all generic statement about how, oh, Jesus would never divide is again to use scripture in the wrong way, in the wrong place, and again, to completely abuse it. No, Jesus did come. The issue that Paul's dealing with is sin. The issue that Jesus is dealing with there is sin. And guess what, Mr. Russ,
0: uh, Dean Russ, there is a division. You are in sin, and you need to repent. Yeah, and so, I mean, that kind of goes shows, shows you the hand of uh, this gentleman. Um, this is, a, again, if this is going to creep up into the Southern Baptist's uh, life, watch out. Um, it's it's going to through intersectionality, through uh, critical race theory, and, you know, I'm going to try to make a connection to 1993 um, with this social justice kind of stuff, but this is the social justice gospel that is worked out on Sundays by somebody who calls himself a pastor, Has been educated by the institutions of uh, Baptist life and others, and uh, this is this is what it looks like. And so disappointed in myself. Second Timothy chapter two. First Timothy chapter two. First Timothy chapter two,
1: verse one. Man, I'm so so sorry. Man, I I am ashamed of myself because uh, we should be praying for all of those who are in authority, for all those who are in the places of high positions. And Paul's
0: saying that while well, that same government is after him. Yeah. Um, so it Mike, sounds like you know in this in this article so far, um, he's embarrassed by uh, the Bible. Yeah. Um, and actually, systematically uh, teaching and preaching it um, because, guess what? The world doesn't like distinctions. Yet it needs distinctions. It recognizes distinctions. But whenever distinctions are made and it's called sinful, they hate it. So then they try to get rid of the, the distinctions, going to the universal, losing the particulars. And this is everything that Francis Schaeffer's already talking about. This is everything that Van Til championed. Which doesn't make, amaz- so if you read any of Francis Schaeffer's work on uh, philosophy and how he looks um, through the ages of philosophicals, how when you lose the particulars and you go to the universals, yes, or you go to the particulars and you lose the universals, and yeah. you're going to
1: see it happen. He's well, and, sure. and this is an amazing thing, this this next statement. I was raised by Southern Baptist, proud to be a Southern Baptist, and planned a Year of service among Southern Baptists. I was educated in church-sponsored institutions, Furman University, Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, and Beeson Divinity School. I was proud of their histories and their commitment to provide a Christian, Christian education, education. And I was excited to share all those legacies. And I can tell you right now, uh, if I were him, I'd go back to my notes from Southern Seminary and revisit my class on hermeneutics because he obviously... Didn't do his work there. And he should... He should apologize and retract his statement using Ephesians 2. Yeah. The one time that he uses Scripture, he should retract it and apologize it, or at least maybe try to provide some real con- context about it. But here's the problem. He can't even call out sin because he doesn't believe that Jesus has spoken clearly or accurately mm-hmm. or that we've preserved it. And you say, oh, Dave, that's... A, you're jumping to a lot of positions. No, only someone who doesn't believe that Jesus could speak clearly would try to soften what Jesus said about homosexuality and what God decreed through Paul and through the Old Testament prophet Moses,
0: yeah. And so he goes on to uh, just kind of talk about how you know from there, then he gets to be behind the pulpit on the Sunday and again be just like his dad. Um, but he says, "But I hear Christian people celebrating a roaring economy, um, no apparent awareness for concern for the larger, more important issue that, despite any economic success, our civility is crumbling." Um, again, you're you're looking at earthly things here. These are not spiritual things. And if people are looking at these earthly things, it's wrong. But it's not everybody. You have made a hasty generalization with no evidence. You're just giving your opinion. What's your opinions, you can do whatever you want. Um, it's just you're doing this in an ad hominem way, which is a very fallacious way to go about things. So you should not be taken taken rationally serious by any sort of rational Christian upon which authority
1: every yeah. time he uses scripture he completely removes it from his context he again uh, tries to apply Jesus' words in, uh, where he says the first will be last the greatest will be least and he applies that to military strength Jesus was also said does not the king the king doesn't uh, doesn't bear his sword for show I uh, mm-hmm. just said Jesus said that that might have been Paul I have to look that up but, uh, yeah, the,
0: oh yeah, yeah that would be Paul
1: yeah okay thank you
0: yeah. So yeah. Uh, so then he goes on. I believe. I, I believe in the power of the gospel. I believe Jesus uh, changes hearts. Yes, and that his calling is a daring summons to a truly social justice. Told you. That's not the gospel. The gospel is not social justice. The gospel is salvation from sin. Notice that he never calls. The, the only Jesus justice sins. that is in the gospel is that Jesus died, making God just and the justifier of the wicked that is the only justice in the gospel dude okay here's the deal he is completely
1: showing his hand because nowhere in here does he call for repentance nowhere in here does he say and you need to repent for that believers no he just He just complains. That's what you get when you lose repentance. When you mishandle the gospel, you don't get any change. He doesn't believe that the gospel changes people. It can't because you can't repent. You can't repent of sin because guess what? There is no defined sin. There is no objectively defined sin. It's absurdity. Mm
0: Mm-hmm and it says uh, so it's truly social justice to a salvation that changes our minds as well as our souls that dares us to put the good of all before the success of any individual um, that's within the church um, how could any of us actually be whole otherwise I believe one sermon can change your life because one sermon changed mine also you're the standard of everything um, I believe this world, will, or this, this world still needs the church why so that they can why? do social justice things yeah is that why Oh, the the church again in Ephesians four or in Ephesians three is to be the display of the manifold wisdom or the multifaceted wisdom of God, which is the gospel that does provide distinctions and system. You know, we can discuss systematics. We can discuss that diamond that we show um, all the individual facets that shine together, but it's going to end up causing division, and people are not going to want. The uh, the uh, community of Christ, because again, we got to call it sin. That's right. We got to call sin sin. I just think this is interesting too. I just
1: think the word from the church should always sound different than the word from any White House. So I'm curious if these same complaints were leveled against. The Obama administration, and I am not an apologist for Trump, by the way. Neither one of us are. Uh, That's not the point. What I'm saying is, are you applying equal standards? Because you've essentially defined sin as what you want to define it as. Again, whatever you don't like is what you basically say is sin, but you can't even really objectively stand on that. Right? And I'm very curious how he calls social issues even wicked or evil because how can we even believe? Again, I'm going to go back to his anti intellectual critique. I think he's against people who believe in a literal six day creation. I think Mm -hmm. he'd call those folks brainwashers or evil folks or anti intellectuals. So, according to his worldview, consistently, right, according to the approach with which he is taking, Man has no special actual dignity because they're not God's special creation. They're essentially, and again, I would assume, and I'm, maybe someone can be mad at me. I'm assuming he's probably, based upon his statements, some type of theistic evolutionist, which means God doesn't have man as a special creation. They're essentially a designed accident.
0: Mm-hmm. Sorry. Oh, yeah. So he says, but I hear a preacher gloating over the uh, meanness, they call it toughness, the current administration boasts um, with no acknowledgement that Jesus calls to self-abasement and self-sacrifice invite us to a completely different approach to human relations, uh, more excellent way. Right, so I mean, what what you're doing is you are you still haven't separated the church from the state. Exactly. And that's the big thing is is guess what? They're going to do what they do, and guess what? You as a Christian, you're supposed to turn the other cheek, walk the extra mile. This is the context of what Jesus talks about. For anyway, is guess what? You're going to suffer underneath a tyrannical government, and what are you to do in the face of the tyrannical government? That's called exegeting exegeting scripture. That's right. That's called expounding scripture. We are called to suffer. Have you read 1 Peter? Have you read? Do you know what the thesis of of 1 Peter is? It's basically suffer well for the name of Christ because your reward is not here. So stop looking. This is a man. Peter was a man that Jesus told to stop looking at earthly things to get behind me, Satan. You don't know what you're doing. Flesh is weak, even though the Spirit is good on that. But what, you know, so the man that, that wrote, that, that, that doubted Christ and heard all these things from Christ and learned his lesson and filled with the Holy Spirit wrote First Peter, you are afraid of. That's right. And you're not willing to be the Christ that you're supposed to be, which is willing to die. Yes. For the sake of Christ.
1: Well, and then he goes on here, I hear exhortations of dominion and submission in marriage and in foreign diplomacy. Here's the problem, and I'm going to move on because it's really interesting. Power And a theology of victory with no evidence of humility or kindness. No, sir. Let me tell you a little bit about Ephesians chapter 5. If you read Ephesians chapter 5 and you actually study it in context, that husband better be exceptionally self-sacrificing, exceptionally humble. He better serve his wife. It's pretty stinking clear what that means. But you want to, again, you want to conflate Scripture and say, well, here's how they're abusing Scripture, but you're not even going to use it right yourself. Mm-hmm. So you do what you're attacking, and it's just shameful. He should be embarrassed. What he should be embarrassed about is his exegesis, and he should be embarrassed about is not calling pastors to true repentance instead of just griping and complaining.
0: Yeah, and then trying just to uh, throw it all away like he's a self-righteous Pharisee.
1: Well, that's exactly, exactly what, what he did
0: yeah so I mean uh, sorry guys um, I knew this you know, article but, was going yeah, to take, take a while to yeah, work yeah. through yeah. but it's um, one of those things like you know be aware of this you know this isn't just going down in the mainline. Um, you know the PCUSA this isn't just a Methodist thing this isn't a uh, Disciples of Christ thing this is going to seep down in your church in the SBC. You think that you're the frozen chosen, you can sit in your pews and nothing will attack you. Um, it's it's coming. It's here. And yeah. people are already using the social justice language in the SBC. People are already repenting of their racism that they've never any. I mean, we've all probably made some stupid racist remarks because we're evil sinners. And in That's the right. past we could probably link somewhere where we've said something very horrible. Um, but social justice doesn't demand repentance and then go i love you brother it says oh you did that you deserve to die Hmm. reputation um your money gone whatever way but basically they want to kill something about you Um, so you join their awareness and become their little puppet and robot Um, that's what social justice is going to do if you and the pews do not care and come to understand these things
1: and by the way I will be making sure that he gets a copy of this podcast.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I,
1: I'm not yeah. running from it. Um, yeah. I'd love for him to come on and,
0: and explain himself. Yeah, because he's done a
1: just a poor job in. A you know what I'm, I'm
0: fed up with? I'm i I'm fed up with American Christianity now. That can be defined as what he's promoting. That is American Christianity so with that said we uh, really couldn't get to the video tonight because that would take us another hour <laughs> um, but anyway we're thank you uh, for bearing with us uh, with our little potpourri episode yeah, I hope, I hope it was edifying it was and fun that, for me yeah, I yeah. hope yeah. it was encouraging she, for me oh no and yeah, yeah. it was great like yeah. uh, just you know again we, we, we appreciate um, that Dave and I is pretty much it's like we're getting together we're talking about stuff we're throwing stuff out there and then you get to be included um, you know we thank you for the people that were commenting and uh, you guys were watching um, people that download the podcast you can interact with this as well email us get on Facebook um, again share things please um, that's all we're asking is just share get this word out um, I apologize that, I didn't so. even see any of the comments no, as, they were, yeah. as they were coming Yeah, and uh, Alexander and Kevin were helping us out tonight
1: yeah so. Thanks, Alexander. I should have seen that, uh, man. I am I'm yeah. disappointed in myself. I know that verse too, and so gosh, sometimes it happens, man. Yeah. So and we're honored to have so many folks who will listen to us, watch the show. Um, thank you for your support, your support, and your prayers. Be praying for Adam as he prepares for this debate. It should be a lot of fun. And next week episode 100 would you have ever thought we'd yeah. get to episode 100
0: right I, mean, I didn't think we'd get past three <laughs> I didn't know if we'd have enough content to do that so oh again it's all because of the grace of God and right. it's the means of you guys uh, supporting this and uh, being a part of this so again thank you very much and we'll close the show out with a big old this is the tag You're it podcast and I'm Ray Ray and I am Dave and Soli Deo Gloria